Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Uh, uh. Hey Jackson, it kind of looks you look like grunge style today, I just Do noticed. I? Yeah, I didn't see you during TMA because you're in that Horton Watkins studio, but now right. I get now I get to set these baby blues on you and I really get to soak you up. Well, I have like a like a real Superman style wardrobe where I have black sweatpants and hoodies that I wear pretty much exclusively in the winter. Uh, so I thought today I'll switch it up a little bit. I'll throw on a little flannel. Yeah, the black and gold. You are ready. I mean, we are at this point 26 hours away from going between the hedges, brother. I'm I'm dead serious. I don't know if I'm going to get much sleep tonight. Wow. Is that because you're going to be reading that Nancy Drew book? <laughs> no, I'm just legitimately like so excited. Like this is, if you're a sports fan, like these are the kind of lead-ups that you want. You know, you want to have that giddy feeling about, I'm about to watch my team give their best effort to shock the world. And, wow. and do what, you know, I've been a Mizzou fan since my brother decided to go there when he was, when I was eight. And I've had yet to see an opportunity like this. 2013 SEC championship game close. War damn Yeah, but this is like a different, because you're going to Georgia in Athens. Like, this is going to be awesome. This is what it's all about, brother. Yeah, That's why you clock in early. It's why you leave late. Bingo. This yeah. is why you do the extra reps. This is why you run the extra sprints, run that extra mile. Yeah. This is what you were born to do. This is, yeah. And I'm really, I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, I understand that I might be emotionally wrecked, but that is the cost of doing business. All right. Well, we'll find out what the colonel thinks. Uh, he is going between the hedges. I don't know if he's already down in Atlanta already. If he's in Athens, if he's in Columbia, if he's in Kansas City, if he's in St. Louis, I don't. We were texting like at five forty-five this morning. I would bet he's already there. Just to you know, you want to get there, settle in, so you don't have to worry about it if you know flights delayed or such things. Yeah, that Atlanta airport—that's a whole thing. Oh God, tram car to get to different terminals left and right. Busy as all get out. No, they got Chick Fil A's all over though. Well, that's not a bad deal. Uh, text into the program, 314-399-9646. Save that, and then you're texting to your comfort service text line anytime you want. And then you got this YouTube chat, and it's already a, a hotbed of activity today. The people are loaded in. I mean, Don Peepee's in there, of course. Uh, but so is Robert Renner and Tommy Summers and Eric Nickens and uh, Yingling Mike. Oh, Yingling Mike says, about to head to the airport to paint Athens black and gold. Let's go! That's what he says. All right. Hop into YouTube chat and let's talk it over. Uh, Colonel with us coming up at uh, 10.15, but uh, we got a lot to talk about here. I mean, we got so many things going on. Blues are playing tonight right here on 101 ESPN. Blues and Devils, formerly the Kansas City Scouts. Pre-game at 6 p.m. Blues and L'Habitant tomorrow. Uh, doggies fighting for their lives on Sunday. Missouri and Georgia. Uh, Jackson, anything? Rams and Packers? I don't know. It's not going to get my attention. It's not going to get you in the six shooter. All right, well, let's uh-huh. see what's in the six shooter. It's presented by Angry Beaver. Woot. Woot. Uh, let's kick it off with what I think is the lead. 
and I'm sure we'll talk to Gabe about this here coming up, but with Missouri taking on Georgia this weekend, even this true son knows you need some weird things to happen in order to pull off an upset of this caliber. When you look at the hashtag desired game script for Missouri to pull off the biggest win in program history, what do you think would have to happen? Oh, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. I think one thing that has to happen that I can't imagine they'd be able to win without happening is establishing the run may be too strong, but the run has to be a threat. Yeah. Yep. I also, so that's, that's Roman numeral one I could do in Roman numeral. Yeah, absolutely. I also think unlike what took place in Lexington, Kentucky 13 days ago, you can't fall behind 14 nothing to these Bulldogs because you know what they're going to do? They're just going to look you in the eyes and they're just going to just tighten the grip around your neck. Uh, do a little ringing. And they're just going to... It won't... It'll just... It'll kind of be like what the, the world's biggest outdoor cocktail party is. Yeah. Last, yep. uh, last Saturday. You're just going, oh, well, that was that. Even though Florida did take that 7-0 lead to kick it off. They did, and then it was over. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Reese Davis was noting on the ESPN College Game Day podcast I was listening to this morning. Stanford Steve and Pete Thamel, both with Missouri, not to win, but with the 15 points. And right. Stanford Steve making the observation, 15 and a half, making the observation that uh, that line opened at 18 and a half and has dropped yeah. as much as it has to 15 and a half. So, so the money is on Missouri at this moment. Again, that's not to say that the money's on the Missouri money line. You are betting the Missouri money line. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I want now, is this on. a heart? bet or a head bet? Part, I understand it. Okay. I understand it. I totally get it. I threw, I think, $20 on Missouri to win the national championship this morning because it's plus 40000 <laughs> Yeah, you'll get paid. And I thought, well, I might as well just do that. Sure. Um, or maybe it was $10. I don't know. Four, yeah, $4,000 for 10 just for the... Pretty sweet deal. Sure. So, um, yeah, there's, there's that. In addition to... Uh, not falling behind in, in establishing the run, or at least the run being a threat. I'm intrigued to see what they can do with Georgia and getting pressure on Carson Beck. Yep. Can they do it without the blitz? Will they go, you know what, screw it. We realize unless we play one of our best games ever and they are off, that the odds of us winning this thing are slim. I give it 30%. I suppose the official math is 15%. Either way, we don't care if we lose by 40 or we lose by one. They're the same damn thing. Bingo. Oh, remember when Missouri played Oklahoma close in 1987? No, you don't. But do you remember when you beat them in 2010? You're damn right you do. Sure so what are we out here to do? Cover spreads? Is that why you signed your letter of intent to cover a spread? Is that why you're a fan year in and year out to cover a spread? To tell somebody in Knoxville you hung close with Georgia? Do you remember hanging close last year and feeling like it was a win? Do you? Or do you feel like you left one out there? Left one out You're there. You're damn right you do. How would you feel about the LSU game a month ago? Despondent. Brian Kelly talking about homecoming. It wasn't even homecoming! I was despondent, Tim. You were for 48 hours. Maybe even longer. Do you live to win or do you live to cover spreads? We live to win, baby.
So let's leave it all out there. And if you lose by 40, you lose by 40. It's the same damn thing as losing by one. The program has momentum. The jury is already back in and the verdict is in. The program's progressing. So let's win one of these mother effers. Love it. God bless America, Jackson. You are pissing me off. Yeah, I, I totally can see where you're coming from. Thank you. Uh, we referenced on TMA yesterday, the last time Georgia lost in a non-COVID year at home was to South Carolina in 2019. 2019 a random South Carolina. Super team. random. Came in either 500 or sub-500 and won. And in that game, Jake Fromm, the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, threw three interceptions. So I think a couple turnovers is certainly what Missouri needs. If you remember the game last year in Columbia, they started out with an early fumble, and that really set the momentum in Missouri's favor. So I think something like that, forcing a turnover or consistently you know, bending, not breaking, and allowing field goals as opposed to touchdowns, that's what's going to have to be defensively. They're going to have to put their... Their hands in the dirt, Tim, and hands in the dirt, and I, and, and like it's so basic, but you really do have to like dominate the line on both sides of the ball. You have to give Brady Cook time, and you got to get to Carson Beck. Why did Missouri take the route that it took against South Carolina in the second half, which was quite conservative offensively? Why? Because it was crystal clear there was no way South Carolina is going to be able to score twenty four points. Right, and so at that point you go, okay, you know. We just got to win games, yeah. and if we do that, we're fine. No need to risk injury to make some big statement by winning by 35. A win is a win. A loss is a loss. And South Carolina, on the offensive line, had no chance of stopping Missouri. They're beat up. They're injured. And so once you know that, you go, okay, well, we're going to win the game. We have 24 points. There's no way they can score 24 points. So more often than not, you're exactly right. The games are decided by the guys you normally don't necessarily know their names, and that is the offensive linemen, unless they have a false start, snap, slash, whatever the hell happened with Connor Tolleson against LSU. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just the guys who you hope don't miss a block and lead your quarterback having a fumble. Yep, absolutely. That's... Or, on the other side, you hope that guy doesn't miss a block on Georgia and take your pick of whomever gets to uh, Carson Beck, and oh my God, it's a... It's a scoop and score. No How doubt. do you do? And they are stunned between the hedges here in Athens, Georgia. They haven't seen anything like this in a long, long time. Yeah, man. DeAndre Swift and James Cook were in the backfield for Georgia last time they lost at home in a non-COVID year. Wow. That is, uh, so if you think of, like, I can't think of the NFL. The Eagle and the Bill? Yeah, like, I just I think of those guys being in the league for a while. So that's, I, I always find that interesting. It's also sick to see how good these guys these teams where these like, rosters were built back then. George uh, Pickens on the team, too. Let's see what uh, the Colonel thinks. He is going to join us. Presented to you by James Carlton. He is going between the hedges for tomorrow's 2.30 CBS game. Uh, and then that's followed by Alabama hosting LSU. Yeah. It is the final year for the SEC on CBS. That doesn't feel right to me, Jackson, but it is what it is. Yeah. But they will enjoy when uh, they get Minnesota taking on Penn State at 2.30 next year hopefully in happy valley yeah uh so that is uh, coming up here in a matter of moments the colonel of powermazoo.com going between the hedges presented to you by james carlton of the carlton state farm insurance agency my insurance agent online at carltoninsurance.net you are listening to balloon party with tim mckernan and jackson burkett on 101 espn and on youtube we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 ESPN. We're talking Tigers football with Gabe Diarmid of Power Mizzou.
TheMissou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention 101 ESPN to James's team when you request a quote, and they'll donate $20 to NIL on your behalf. CartonInsurance.net. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Burkett with you on the program. We've got the Friday Six Shooter presented to you by Angry Beaver. You can watch the show courtesy of our studio cameras presented by the Air Alliance team on YouTube. That YouTube chat is really hot and bothered. Tommy Summers is now in there, too. He says, Jackson looks like an off-brand Marshy Marsh. Oh, you know what? I'll take that as a compliment. I don't know if it was intended to be. Well, that's the thing about intentions, Tim. Stop the cursing. What is wrong with you guys? That's from Grammy. My bad. Do you asshats ever talk sports or you just ramble and admire each other? The latter. I don't really admire you, though. Ah, well, that's going to hurt the old self-esteem heading into the weekend. No, 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 no. I just don't know if I've been conveying that I admire you in this segment. Oh, okay. Self-esteem is back. Yeah. Respect, yeah. Sure. Do I admire anybody? Hmm. Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com is the answer to that question, and he joins us right now, brought to you by Carlton Insurance. Not that. Morning, Colonel. What's up, guys? How are you? Wonderful. What do you think about those uniforms that they <laughs> debuted yesterday? Uh, they're wearing them. <laughs> Colonel Jackson has told me that you're heading to Athens tomorrow morning. That strikes me as bold. I have, uh, yeah. We're we're going to take a chance, see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So, are you flying out of St. Louis or Kansas City? Uh, I am flying out of Mid Missouri. Oh wow! There's a Columbia. We have, we, we have made some plans. Wheels up, net jets. God, I got to own a Power Mizzou. What in the hell? Look at you! My goodness. Hey, you don't have to. You don't have to be tough. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be rich. You just have to know people who are those things. There you go. That's 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 a good counsel. Now that's why I admire the Colonel Jackson. Uh, Gabe uh, Jackson asked the question you asked me to open up the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter and see what the Colonel's answer is to this wonderful question. Sure. Colonel, when you look at the desired game script for Missouri to pull off probably the biggest win in program history, what do you see having to happen? Uh, survive the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just be within, preferably within a score at the end of the first quarter. Win the turnover battle. Um, and maybe a non-offensive touchdown at yeah, some point. Nice. That'd yeah. be nice. I share that opinion on the uh, survive the first quarter. Essentially, it, it means the same thing as what I said. You can't have what happened against Kentucky happen. Right. Because if that happens, right. they're just going to squeeze the life out of the final three quarters and turn their attention to uh, Ole Miss and and then Tennessee the following week for the uh, Bulldogs. What about the, the ability to, again, I don't establish the run makes it sound like Schrader needs to bust off 100-plus but I, I think the run needs to be something in Missouri's arsenal that they can't just go, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Now it's Matty Mock against Alabama in 2014 just heaving and hoping. Uh, what are your thoughts on Missouri and the run game versus the Georgia defense? Yeah, no, I've said I think the team that runs the ball better, better wins this game. Um, and it, it's like you said, Cody Schrader doesn't have to have 150 yards. 
they have to run the ball well enough that Georgia has to at least respect it as something they can do. You know, even three and a half yards a carry, but stick with it. Um, you can't be averaging. Last year, I think Missouri ran for 102 yards, and 63 of them were on one carry yeah. by Cody Schrader. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got to be able to put yourself in second and seven, second and six, you know, and and because I think this is a good passing game, but I don't think it's good enough to just line up if Georgia knows you're doing it. Uh, on the flip side, Georgia's run game isn't as good as it has been the last few years, but I think their passing game has gotten progressively better under Kirby Smart. I saw a stat this morning that it's pretty mind-blowing through eight games. Carson Beck has been sacked six times. They've all come on blitzes. Nobody has lined up and just come after him with three or four guys and and sacked him yet this year. I think Missouri's got to find a way to get pressure on him. If it means blitzing and and putting – Abrams, Drain, and Rakestraw out there on an island and saying, hey, guys, you're going to have to do it, Yeah, then so be it. But they've got to find a way to get to it. Yep, that is uh, incredibly important. I don't know if you can gauge the mindset of whether it be like Drinkwitz, Blake Baker, Kirby Moore, um, but this is, this is certainly not a game that I think anybody expects Missouri to win. Expects. I mean, they started off as an 18.5-point underdog. It's now at 15.5 or 15, depending on your neighborhood wagering establishment's current line. Um, And therefore, my hope is that they go into it going, okay, if we wind up losing by 30, we wind up losing by 30, but we are going to take our best shot and see if we can have a foundation-building victory and get the attention of the college football world with the win. Um, And I feel like that's the attitude you have to have if you're going to go up against a team with the prowess of the Georgia Bulldogs and what they have done over the last few years. Any, Any gauge on that from your conversations, the interview this week, Gabe? No, I mean, look, it was very clear on Tuesday that Missouri was going to say nothing. Somebody on our board said the comments from Kirby Smart and Eli Drinkwitz this week are like football's version of online dating. They're just praising the hell out of each other. Um, You know, and like I even I texted the sports information director after interviews on Tuesday. I said, good job making sure that they said nothing controversial or interesting. You know, um, it, because they didn't. But I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't hang out with these guys or anything, right? I I think the feeling is, hey, we're better than we were last year. There's a chance they're maybe not quite as good as they were last year, but let's go take our shot. And I, I think what you were trying to say it, it, in the question, and I agree with it, is go down there. The goal is to win the game. The goal is not, hey, let's let's earn some respect, let's put up a fight, let's be in it late. The goal is to win. And if in attempting to win, that means you lose 45 to 10, so be it. But you can't, I mean, mean, you just can't go down there and think, hey, we're just going to run the ball and play defense and try to be in a 17-14 game with Georgia and make a play late. You're going to have to go out there and, and put some things on the line and take some chances. And if those chances don't work, they don't work, but you're going to have to make the effort. And that that's that's why I was asking that question. So you got where I was coming from. I saw I thought a very interesting poll you posted on Power Mizzou. I believe you posted it yesterday. I'm looking at it right now, Gabe. Uh, it has 1400 responses. What result will leave you okay? on Saturday, and the four choices are a win, anything less than a win doesn't matter, one score loss, not a win, but proving you can compete with the elite, 
a competitive loss, more than one score, but not a blowout. Or option four, no injuries, have no hope for this game. Blowout is fine, just win the last three. Uh, Win is leading at 40%, one score loss at 29%, competitive loss at 24%, and then no injuries, uh, have no hope for this game. Blowout's fine, just win the last three at 6%. You surprised by those results? Any thoughts on that, uh, that Gallup poll you conducted? Yeah, I thought there might be. I thought it might be a little higher percentage that said only a win matter. But I, I think there's two ways to look at it. I mean, I, I think what that reflects is if Missouri goes down and loses, let's say covers the spread, right, but doesn't win. I don't think you're going to see meltdowns and, well, it, everything's lost and all that. Um, no, I, I don't think that means people will necessarily be happy with it. Um, because, I, I look, you play – I've said this for – uh, as long as Missouri's been in the SEC, you're in the SEC. It, it, like you're not here to, hey guys, we were eighth best in the conference. You know, no, you're it, you're part of this league. The goal is to win every game. There aren't moral victories. Um, you know, it goes back to to when Pinkle yelled at the fans for uh, applauding when his team lost like thirty six seventeen to Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's there are not no moral victories here. around here. That's right, and and I appreciate that, and, and clearly like. That's not about, you know, internet fan polls aren't about how the players and the coaches feel. They are approaching this game as, hey, we we can win this football game. Um, But I I think it it was more what will Saturday night be like if, you know, if Missouri loses 28-21 or something like that. And I think most people, while they will be disappointed that day, it will be a missed opportunity. I don't think it will be like... You know, it would be after a Kentucky loss or 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 even an LSU loss where it's it's this because generally on the Internet, every loss is a cause to fire someone and, and <laughs> burn the whole thing down. And, and I'm not sure that will be this way. I'm not sure it won't be. But So, so in my mind, that's why I, I go into this thing. I mean, I always feel like it's it's a win or a loss and there's there's no in between. But when you take a step back and you evaluate a program, you can see if a team is making progress by how competitive they are in games. And there were games, in particular the A&M game a couple of years ago, where I felt like Eli Drink was coaching to keep that close as opposed to trying to come back and win. And maybe I'm wrong. It's not like I know that. And he certainly wouldn't say one way or the other. But with that said, to me, the verdict on the progress of the program is already in. You had three toss-up games that have already been played, and you've won them all. And the Kansas State win might start to look even better as the season progresses, winning at Kentucky. And I know now it may look like revisionist history, but going into the season, South Carolina was a toss-up game. And so the program has already established progress. And so from that standpoint, if they lose by 30, it's not going to change my mind on that. So that's where I I come in on on that topic. if I'm assessing progress of the program, in many ways, this is the least important game Missouri has left. Um, because, like, look, beating Georgia, obviously, huge step, huge deal, right? But I don't think we'll come out saying, well, Missouri has passed Georgia as a program or anything. They, they will have had a good day on the right day. If they lose, hey, Georgia's won 41 out of 42. You know, I posted some some numbers today. They're 12-1 and one in their last 13 against ranked teams. Last 70 times they've played somebody outside the top 10, they're 67 and three. You know, so if you lose this game, you lose this game. I'll judge the progress of the program on what do you do after this? 
do you come back, beat Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas? You do that, you go ten and two. Even if Saturday's a loss, even if it's a loss by thirty, I, I mean, your program is. Hey, maybe it's not Georgia, but that really can't be the goal here if you want to live in in the world of reality. So. This is the biggest game they've played in a long time. But if you take a step back, I actually kind of think Tennessee and Florida are, are much bigger games. And, and why? And why is that? Because I, I disagree with you on that. But maybe you can sell me otherwise. Because if you lose Tennessee and Florida, you know, when you finish, what would that be? Eight and four. So you're assuming an Arkansas win, but you lose these next yeah, three. Okay, it's a step forward. You feel you feel you would have liked it in August, but it'll be a little bit of a letdown. I mean, you know, I I think that we make the and this isn't Missouri fans. This is everybody. Like you you measure yourself against the Georgias and Alabamas and basketball against the Kentuckys and Dukes. Well, almost everybody's going to come up short there. Before you get even to be able to have that discussion, you measure yourself against Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee. Like you said, they've they've beaten Kentucky and South Carolina. They appear to be in better shape than those teams as a program. So next I want to see, hey, beat Florida, beat Tennessee. And again, this whole discussion can change with a win on Saturday. But if we are thinking that that doesn't happen, then to me, 10 and two is, is certainly in this team's sights. And I, I just think there is more, like there's a chance you can win this game, but the chances of Missouri winning at Georgia are probably less than the chances of losing against Tennessee or Florida. Those are much more swing games than this one is. Uh, Gabe DeArmond will be there for PowerMizzou.com, and you will be able to read all the coverage. You have not, at least I haven't seen it, have not issued a, uh, a prediction yet. I know you and Gerard do on Fridays usually. Am, am I missing it, Colonel? They, no, they go up usually on Saturday morning, Saturday so they morning. will be up tomorrow. I mean, I'm I'm leaning toward Georgia wins Missouri covers, um, I, I think, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe I, I got... 20 hours to change my mind. 30, you're going 35-21, it sounds like. That's what I'm reading. Um, I think I, I sent her on my prediction last night. I think it was something like 33-24, something in that range. Oh, look at that. Look at that. All right, there it is. Colonel, I'm looking forward to the coverage. You guys do an incredible job. Uh, it is the uh, best, and I don't even I don't even know what else to say as far as uh, anybody else that would be in, in the same league with what you guys do on PowerMizzou.com. So if you were locked into this and what could be a significant day in Missouri football history, PowerMizzou.com is where you want to be subscribing. Gabe DeArmond every Friday here on Balloon Party brought to you by James Carlton of carltoninsurance.net Colonel, safe travels and I hope you witness history tomorrow between the hedges Appreciate it, guys We'll talk to you later on All right, man, there he is It's Gabe DeArmond with us here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube Uh, Sounds like he is going with taking Georgia to win taking Missouri and the points and if he goes 35 24 is that what he said he had 35 24 then he's yeah. going on the over as well yeah 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 I don't I know that's probably the most likely outcome is a win for Georgia but hey well of course it is but you but uh you, and Mizzou covering I think is very in the play but that's some money line all day but I you, really I'm, I'd be I'd be curious and I don't have like a 
spent a lot of time with Gary Pinkle in his home when my first episode of my podcast mm-hmm. actually did like an hour and a half interview with him and then we BS'd for a while. It was right after that Auburn debacle where Barry Odom, he didn't go full Dabo Sweeney, but he, he was fired up. Uh, and what do you call it? He was rebuild. I think he was screaming, this is a rebuild. Turnaround. Turnaround, thank you. And I wish I had a rapport with him or somebody like, like who has actually done this right. and gone into something like this and what your real like truth serum answer is to how you approach this. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know what I mean? It's fascinating because like, you know, you're so up against it. You're in a place, like Gabe just read off those stats. Those are like nauseating stats if you're trying to go in and win in between the hedges. But at the same time, I like the, I like, you know, I'm usually not into the social media stuff that we talked about before. Yeah, the, I use my, I use my burner. But I do like the, the something to prove the one and no mentality thing. Cause that's really how you have to look at a season. Well, you, you know? can, it's, it's one thing to say ready to die. Right. It's another thing. I mean, the guy wanted me to talk about online poker, playing the world series of poker. It's one that I'm like, I'll, I'm happy to shove with a flush draw. And if I get called and lose, I'm fine. But it's another thing to actually shove with the flush draw and get called and get knocked out in the first hour of day one, even if it is the right mathematical play it's sometimes with, with regards to golf i bet you can attest to this i found myself really excited to play a course and then i'll let the course beat me because i'm playing a great course mm-hmm. whereas if i were in my normal mindset i would shoot right. five seven strokes better that's it's it's one thing to be able to do it and i don't have a doubt in my mind that they're able to do it are they able to do it more than 30 percent of the time probably not in my mind but maybe i don't know i don't know i think that I haven't seen Missouri play against a team where I go, ooh, that team's better than Missouri, and I include LSU there, and LSU might win the SEC West, might be well on their way this time in 48 hours. But you have to also be able to not only believe, but then execute like you are still playing against you know, South Dakota in week one right. and be cool. And it's, there's going to be inevitable adversity. But you don't let the adversity of one play then combine and to destroy you the rest of the way where it gets out of hand. So when you're in a spot where you're a big underdog against a powerhouse like this, I'd be curious what the head coach's mind who's been in this spot before. That's what I would be really curious about. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. It's Friday, which means we have the Little Pills Angry Beaver Six Shooter here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN and YouTube. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. 19 more minutes of radio excellence on a Friday, which means we have the Angry Beaver Six Shooter. Jackson, take it away. Sure thing, Tim. Question two. With the Blues clearly in a rebuild situation with a larger plan for success down the road, what are some things fans can watch for that will give them hope for the near or even somewhat distant future? What can Craig Berube do to further improve a team with plenty of flaws? Uh, I'd like to see Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo take a step forward or two. Yeah. And that's what I will be looking for this year. It is... Uh, Last year was intriguing because there were a lot of stories to the situation. Mm -hmm. This year, it's 
God, I hope they can kind of hang around and have a sweat for a playoff spot because they don't really have the latitude financially to do anything. Yeah. And there aren't a bunch of unrestricted free agents out there. So, yeah, if Cairo and Thomas go off, you go, okay, the building blocks are in place. This will be uh, interesting. Got a young Devils team, 5-2, and two, that comes in here tonight, pregame, 6 p.m. on 101 ESPN. Uh, and then uh, Montreal, and uh, followed by another home game against Winnipeg. You call them... Wins per game. Wins per game. Yeah. And then another Thursday night tilt with the Coyotes, just... Thursday night's coyote season around here. Love it. Uh, and see how they play against them after that debacle a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, you know, got a stretch of home games here. Eight points on the table, Jackson. How many are you expecting? Go! At least five. Wow! At least five. Yes. Look at you. You're on a high from Wemby. Oh, man. That dude is unbelievable. But uh, with the Blues, you know, I think this team is like, as you told it yesterday, consistently inconsistent. They were. Now they've played two bad back-to-back games. My my prediction, the five-point strike, I'll go under on that, but I don't want to bet it because I don't want to be putting my money against sure. something I'll be actually rooting for, uh, which is the Blues to win games. So with that said, they'll play a game where you go, holy crap, and then you play a game where you go, oh my God. That's what, that's what I feel like I can count on over the next four games. Point total, I have no idea. Right. But that, that is something that has been noticeable this year. The game against the Avalanche wasn't a, ugh. I mean, that's the Colorado Avalanche. The game against Vancouver, the game against Phoenix, Arizona. Ooh, wow. I mean, the thing against Vancouver last Friday in the first period. So, I, I, I mean, listen, it isn't like it's a disastrous record. I mean, they're actually in a better spot at this point than they were last year where all hell was breaking loose early on in the season. It's just, I think, people go... The ceiling's pretty low. Yeah. The thing is, the floor isn't super low either. I think it's just kind of a blah. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. Yeah. No, I get you. And um, I think you know, with Jordan Bennington in there, they can get a couple games to overtime, sneak out a point, even at the worst. Hey, you're you the one saying five points out of eight. Hey, well, look I'm at you, Peter, Peter Puck, Puck. Peter Jake's Puck. Coke Rails. Peter. Question three: Angry Beaver uh, Friday Six Shooter. Question three. <laughs> The Doggies head to Kansas City this weekend with hopes of extending their season or possibly going home after a monumentous start to their expansion year. What do you think will happen uh, in Are you at Sporting Kansas City? Like I asked the Colonel. Yeah, kind of just uh, what do you anticipate happening? Because if this team can't get up for this one, I mean. Let me, let, me, let me tell you a little story about doing sports media in St. Louis. Sure. Come on over here and sit on my lap. All right. Make them your, uh, all the ambient noise of me. Walking nice. over. Oh my God! It's like yep. Daniel Day Lewis is in here. My left foot. There will be blood. Yeah, gangs New York. Strong. Cami, Cami, DD. Here's how it works. If you pick them to win, you are a homer. Mm-hmm. If you pick them to lose, you are a hater. So doing a prediction of the home team. When you are doing this for a living, which is a modern miracle, uh, it's a zero upside proposition. And you know what Bert Kaufman told me 10 years ago, Jackson, the owner of WGNU at the time? Why waste your time on something with no upside? Essentially that, yes. With that said, I'll be honest with the audience, I expect them to lose. Okay. And my reasoning is the way they've been trending 
in the way Sporting KC has been trending. That is my logic. Now, it's not what I want, but I also know by saying that I invite friends Hmm. to text and such, DM. Hmm, My favorite. uh, Attacks if they win, which will be weird because I want them to win and will be watching Sunday hoping to win. But you ask me a question and I give you my honest answer. Sure. There it is. And we appreciate that. Do I think Missouri is going to win? No. But do I think they have a chance to win? Yes. And I probably give them a higher chance to win than most people. Do I think City's going to win? No, but I mean, it's more like in the coin flip category, and that is my reasoning. They have not looked good as of late, and Sporting KC and maybe some other teams have kind of figured out, as me and Rocky were talking about before the show, it's so strange. You want to give the ball to City, which is just totally counterintuitive to basically any sport, right? but that's what you want because they thrive off of their counter system and turnovers and Sporting KC to said, oh, here, have the ball. And then they, as Taylor Twelman said, they don't know what to do when they have it. So that is my reasoning. I hope I'm wrong. I would love a game three back in St. Louis Saturday the 11th at 5 p.m. Couldn't agree more, Tim. They're plus- oh, you agree that you think they're going to lose? No. Wow. No, I don't. I'm at not- 25, you can't do what I did. Well, plus 345 on the money line. What I'd really like to see. So they're plus 345 to win. Yes, but that is in 90 minutes plus stoppage time. So if, so it goes, if they were to win in PKs, you would lose the bet. You would lose the bet. Now, if you do a draw, no bet play, then if it goes into PKs, it's a, it's a push. Having said that, I would really like to see, and they're like plus 245 on the draw, no bet. Uh, I'd like to see penalties. You know, there's the MLS Cup. I like the idea that like it goes right into penalties, no, ah. no extra time. I think I think that would be exhilarating. Penalties are exhilarating. I mean, they sometimes can be really bad. Like if everyone's just making it, it sucks. But it can be pretty pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, I would prefer it not be a penalty thing. You think you think there's soccer fans who enjoy when it goes to PK? Uh, I think hardcores don't. But there's also like no other way really to decide a game after you play all that extra time. But oh, they I, won't be I playing understand extra time. that, but I'm saying like if that's the hope of somebody going no, into a game. No, like what's I the hope of you. The when England and Italy played Euros in twenty twenty one and it ended in PKs, people were furious. It was very upsetting that something so important of Euros is decided by PKs. Blues lose, Missouri loses, City gets eliminated, Tim. My life sucks. Thanks. That's from the three one four. That's right? not the cynic energy we want going into the into the But that is cynic energy. Oh God, yeah, but I, but I, yeah, I don't want that optimism, baby. We can be the best. It's gonna be a beautiful weekend. Hey, pale. What's up? When TMM asks you to sit on his lap, you do it. I'm tired of it. That's from the three one four. Yeah, but I also have to control the switches. So if he wants to sit in my chair and I can sit on his lap, that'd be cool. Share a mic, be cute. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Ten forty nine, Clarkson Jewelers time check. We'll uh, take a break here, and that'll allow us to have at least two more questions of the Friday Six Shooter. Brought to you by Angry Beaver. Look at us, time management. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhardt. Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party, 101 ESPN and YouTube. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, the program driven by Munganas, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota. Jackson, uh, I mean, I think we can get two more questions in here from this Friday six shooter presented by Angry Beaver. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. 
Seems like the whole college world is focusing on the Michigan sign-stealing situation and Jim Harbaugh. How long do you imagine this situation going on? Like, Do you see a resolution happening this year or next year? Uh, do you think Harbaugh bolts for the NFL? And with the shift in conferences and NIL coming next year, could it all get kind of drowned out? Okay, three questions. Uh, it will definitely be tended to at the latest next year since you gave me that option. I will take that. And if not, of course, sooner. What was the sec- Does he bolt for the NFL? Uh, I could definitely see that. I mean, there are guys coaching. I don't know who they are on the sidelines, being completely honest. In the NFL? If, or in the no. NFL. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel like that is the way. I mean, occasionally have like a, a guy who's new but has been a coordinator. You just might be familiar with him. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's, it's like looking at the quarterbacks who are starting this weekend in the NFL because of injuries and also just a lack of depth. It is, it's a monster drop-off this week as far as starting quarterbacks around the NFL. And perhaps that's the same case with coaching. Point being, there will be vacancies, and he has done it. He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl against the Ravens, which they lost. But uh, I would imagine that that would be the exit if both he and Michigan want to wash their hands of this. Yeah, I could say, I could definitely see that. If I had to put money down on if Jim Harbaugh is coaching Michigan next year or coaching an NFL team, I would put my money on coaching an NFL team. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and then um, kind of on the conference NIL, or NIL less so, but the conference shift. I just I I looked at the Big Ten schedule for next year, and it is crazy. Michigan, USC, like, Oregon, Ohio State, Penn State, UCLA. These are conference games in 2025. That's kind of and so I'm wondering on from your perspective, do you think that the the national interest from let's say casual college football fans will be more of like, oh, this is pretty cool that Michigan's playing USC in a conference game, or do you think the confusion is just going to kind of be too much? I uh, ESPN over the last two days has had. Uh, reports from inside the Big Ten with coaches demanding action be taken by their commissioner. And then today, Ryan Walters, head coach of Purdue, former Missouri and Illinois assistant, uh, saying that they know that Michigan had people at one of their earlier games. So I just don't think that this thing is something that's going to be able to be kicked down the road. I think if Michigan were a you know, woebegone middle of the pack program who's not ranked number three in the college football playoff rankings at the moment, then perhaps it would. I think if Jim Harbaugh were a nondescript coach, name whoever is coaching Mississippi State right now, for example, <laughs> then it wouldn't have as much attention because he is polarizing, because Michigan is where they are. Uh, I think it is only going to continue to get more and more attention. Yeah, I. I, I do agree on that part. And then uh, I guess the final question, a little quick hitter. Quick hitters. Some plays you like this weekend. Could be NFL, could be college. Just some you like, some that interests you. I, don't, I, I hate to put you on the spot like No, this. it's fine. This is a tradition in the six-shooter. I like Notre Dame against Clemson. Now, what apparently is like the square logic is Tyler from Spartanburg's <laughs> call to Dabo Sweeney on his coach's show is going to motivate Clemson, but it can't fix the fact that they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. And Notre Dame's only given up three points? 
Yeah, Death Valley at 11 a.m., not at not at 6 p.m. I loved LSU going into the week. Makai Wingo, yeah. former Missouri player, is out now. He has logged like more snaps than anybody on defensive tackle. That's a big loss for LSU in a defense that is not good. I still would take LSU, but I don't love it like I loved it because the number is now three and it opened at, I think, six and a half. Mm. So if I had to take a play, I had to take a play, Jackson. Uh, I would take uh, I would take UConn and thirty five and a half against Tennessee, and I would take Notre Dame and lay three at Clemson. You have a play for me, and I'll parlay it. I like I was gave the people Wisconsin, California, and Kansas last week. Let's give them some more winners this week. Uh, I like two plays. Okay. I like Iowa State to cover two and a half. I like that too. Because Kansas is coming off. I like that. I like the logic of that. Ames, Iowa gets rowdy. And then another game in Ames. Yeah, big time. And then another one is the under in Oregon and California. California is probably a little bit out of energy after keeping it real tight with USC last week. The weather is going to be bad in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, I kind of like where you're going. And we have a total damn near 60. I don't. I think Oregon's going to want to step on the gas, but I don't know how much Cal can score, especially given the conditions. And Oregon might even what, run some issues. What about Oregon coming off a monster game last week in Salt Lake? Yeah, I, I, it depends where the energy reserves are at, given the weather. I mean, you're using the theory to bet against Kansas, but then you're taking Oregon. I don't know. I mean, are you a fraud? <laughs> I just I, Oregon is a is a much more complete football team than Kansas is. Wow, but you hate Kansas. Yeah, but I think even Kansas fans would recognize that Oregon with Bo Nix and the situation they have over there with Dan Lanning is a little different than Lance Leopold. But hey, shout out Kansas for real. I'm gonna, here's my concession. Shout out. That was a huge victory. Something that Missouri's trying to do, except it's on the road. All right, there it is. That is uh, Jackson Burkett. I am Tim McKernan. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.